Stand By for Places presents Miss Julie by August Strindberg. Directed and sound designed by Graydon Gund, with music by Katie McNally. Featuring Alexandra Kopko as Miss Julie, Kevin Sebastian as Jean, and Devin Gates as Christine. There, you see? And you heard them! Do you think it's possible for us to remain here any longer? No, I don't. But what's to be done? Fly. Travel far from here. Travel, yes. But where? To Switzerland. To the Italian lakes. You have never been there. No. Is it beautiful there? Oh, an eternal summer. Oranges, trees, laurels. (laughs) But what shall we do there? I'll open a first-class hotel for first-class patrons. Hotel? That is life. Oh, you shall see. New faces constantly. Different languages. Not a moment for boredom. Always something to do night and day. The bell ringing, the trains whistling, the omnibus coming and going, and all the time the gold pieces rolling into the till. That is life. Yes, that is life. And I... The mistress of the establishment. The ornament of the house. With your looks and and your manners. Oh, oh, it's a sure success. Colossal. You could sit like a queen in the office and set the slaves in action by touching an electric button. The guests line up before your throne and shyly lay their riches on your desk. You can't believe how people tremble when they get their bills. I can... Salt the bills, and you can sweeten them with your most bewitching smile. (laughs) Let us get away from here. Immediately, by the next train, we can be at Malma at 6.30, Hamburg at 8.40 tomorrow morning, Frankfurt the day after, and at Como by the St. Gothard route in about, let me see, three days. Three days! All, All that is well enough, but Jean, you must give me courage. Take me in your arms and tell me that you love me. I will, but I dare, I daren't. Not again in this house. I love you, of course. Do do you doubt that? You? Say thou to me. Between us, there can be no more formality. Say thou. I can't. There must be formality between us, as long as we are in this house. There's the memory of the past... And there is the Count, your father. I have never known anyone else for whom I have such respect. I need only to see his gloves lying in a chair to feel my own insignificance. I have only to hear his bell to start like a nervous horse, and now as I see his boots standing there so stiff and proper, I feel like bowing and scraping. (laughs) Superstitions and prejudices taught in childhood can't be uprooted in a moment. Let us go to a country that is a republic, where they'll stand on their heads for my coachman's livery. On their heads shall they stand, but I shall not. I'm not born to bow and scrape, for there's stuff in me. Character. If I only get hold of the first limb, you shall see me climb. I'm a coachman today, but next year 
I shall be a proprietor. In two years, a gentleman of income. And then for Romania, where I'll let them decorate me and may, mark you, may, end up a count. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, in Romania, one could buy a title cheap. And so you can be a countess just the same. <laughs> My countess. Well, what do I care for all that, which I now cast behind me? Just say that you love me, else what am I without it? I'll say it a thousand times afterwards, but not here. Above all, let us have no sentimentality now, or everything will fall through. We must look at this matter coldly, like sensible people. Now sit down there, and I'll sit here. And we'll talk it over as if nothing had happened. Oh, my God, have you no feeling? I? No one living has more feeling than I, but I can restrain myself. A moment ago, you could kiss my slipper, and now... That was then. Now we have other things to think about. Don't speak harshly to me. Not harshly, but wisely. One folly has been committed. Commit no more. The Count may be here at any moment, and before he comes, our fate must be settled. How do my plans for the future strike you? Do you approve of them? They seem acceptable enough. But one question. For such a great undertaking, a large capital is necessary. Have you that? I? <laughs> to be sure, I have my regular occupation, my unusual experience... My knowledge of different languages. That is capital that counts, I should say. But with all that, you could not buy a railway ticket. That's true. And for that reason, I'm looking for a backer who can furnish the funds. How can that be done at a moment's notice? <laughs> that is for you to say if you wish to be my companion. Well, I can't, as I have nothing myself. Then the whole matter drops. And? Things remain as they are. Uh, do you think I could remain under this roof after... Do you think I will allow the people to point at me in scorn or that, or that I can ever look my father in the face again? Never. Take me away from this humiliation and dishonor. Oh. Oh, what have I done? Oh my god, what have I done? So you are beginning in that tune now. What have you done? The same as many before you. And now you despise me. I am falling. I am falling. Oh, fall down to my level. I'll lift you up afterwards. What strange power drew me to you? The weak to the strong, the falling to the rising, or is this love? This loved? Do you know what love is? I? Yes. Do you think it's the first time? What language? What thoughts? I am what life has made me. Don't be nervous and play the high and mighty, for now we are on the same level. Look here, my little girl. Let me offer you a glass of something extra fine. Where did you get that wine? From the cellar. My father's burgundy? Oh, what's the matter? Isn't that good enough for the son-in-law? Uh, 
And I drink beer. I. That only goes to prove that your taste is poorer than mine. Thief! Do you intend to tattle? Oh! Accomplice to a house thief! Was I intoxicated? Have I been walking in my sleep this night? Midsummer night, the night for innocent play. <laughs> innocent, eh? How is there a being on earth so miserable as I? Why are you after such a conquest? Think of Christine in there. Don't you think she has feelings, too? Oh, I thought so a little while ago, but I don't anymore. A servant is a servant. And a whore is a whore. Oh, God in heaven, end my wretched life. Save me from this mire into which I am sinking. Oh, save me, save me. I can't deny that it hurts me to see you like this. And you who wanted to die for me. Oh, in the oat bin? Oh, that was only talk. That is to say, a lie. Uh, almost. I believe I read something of the sort in a newspaper about a chimney sweep who made a deathbed for himself of syringa blossoms in a wood bin. <laughs> because they were going to arrest him for non-support of his children. So you are such a monster. What better could I have hit on? One must always be romantic to capture a woman. Wretch! Oh, now you have seen the eagle's back, and I suppose I am to be the first limb. And the limb is rotten. And I am to be the hotel signboard. <laughs> and I the hotel. And sit behind the desk and allure guests and overcharge them. Oh, that'll be my business. That a soul can be so degraded. Look to your own soul. Lackey. Servant, stand up when I speak. Don't you dare to moralize to me. Lackey, eh? Do you think you have shown yourself finer than any maidservant tonight? Oh, that is right. Strike me. Trample on me. I, I, I deserve nothing better. I have done wrong. But help me now. Help me out of this, if there is any possible way. I don't care to shirk my share of the blame. But do you think anyone of my position would ever have dared to raise his eyes to you if you yourself had not invited it? Even now I am astonished. And proud. Why not? Although I must confess that the conquest was too easy to be exciting. <sighs> Go on, strike me again. No, forgive me, rather, for what I said. I do not strike the unarmed, least of all, a woman. But I can't deny that from a certain point of view it gives me satisfaction to know that it is the glitter of brass, not gold, that dazzles us from below, and that the eagle's back is gray like the rest of him. On the other hand, I'm sorry to have you realize that all that I have looked up to is not worthwhile, and it pains me to see you fallen lower than your cook, as it pains me to see autumn blossoms whipped to pieces by the cold rain and transformed into dirt. You speak as though you were already my superior. And so I am. For I can make you a countess, and you could never make me a count. But I am born of a count. That you can never be. That is true. But I can be the father of counts, <laughs> if... But you are a thief. That I am not. There are worse things than that. And for that matter, when I serve in a house, I regard myself as a member of the family. 
a child of the house, as it were, and one doesn't consider it theft if children snoop a berry from full bushes. Miss Julie, you are a glorious woman, <laughs> too good for such as I. You have been the victim of an infatuation, and you want to disguise this fault by fancying that you love me. But you do not, unless perhaps my outer self attracts you, and then your love is no better than mine. But I cannot be satisfied with that, and your real love I can never awaken. Are you sure of that? You mean that we could get along with such an agreement? There's, there's no doubt about my loving you. You are, you are beautiful. You are elegant, accomplished, lovable when you wish to be. And the flame that you awaken in man does not die easily. You are like hot wine with strong spices. And your lips. Leave me, I'm not to be won this way. How then? Not with caresses and beautiful words? Not by thoughts for the future to save humiliation? How then? How? I don't know, I don't know. I shrink from you as I would from a rat. But I cannot escape you. Escape with me. Escape? Yes. Yes, we must escape. But I'm so tired. Give me a glass of wine. We must talk it over first, for we have still a little time left. Don't... Don't drink too much. It'll go to your head. <laughs> what harm will that do? What harm? It's foolish to get intoxicated. But what did you want to say? We must go away, but we must talk first. That is, I must speak. For until now, you have done all the talking. You have told me about your life. Now I will tell you about mine. Then we will know each other through and through before we start on our wandering together. One moment, pardon. Think well whether you won't regret having told your life's secrets. Aren't you my friend? Yes. Sometimes. But don't depend on me. You only say that. And for that matter, I have no secrets. You see, my mother was not of noble birth. She was brought up with ideas of equality, woman's freedom, and all that. She had very decided opinions against matrimony, and when my father courted her, she declared that she would never be his wife. But she did so for all that. I came into the world against my mother's wishes, I discovered, and was brought up like a child of nature by my mother, and taught everything that a boy must know as well. I was to be an example of a woman being as good as a man. I was made to go about in boys' clothes and take care of the horses and harness and saddle and hunt and all such things. In fact, all over the estate, women servants were taught to do men's work, with the result being that the property came near being ruined, and so we became the laughingstock of the countryside. At last, my father must have awakened from his bewitched condition, for he revolted and ran things according to his ideas. 
my mother became ill. What it was, I, I don't know. But she often had cramps and acted queerly, sometimes hiding in the attic or, or the orchard and would even be gone all night at times. Then came the big fire, which, of course, you have heard about. The house, the stables, everything was burned under circumstances that pointed strongly to an incendiary. For the misfortune happened the day after the quarterly insurance was due and the premiums sent in by father were strangely delayed by his messenger so that they arrived too late. <laughs> Don't drink anymore. <laughs> What does it matter? My father was utterly at a loss to know where to get the money to rebuild with. And then my mother suggested that he try to borrow from a man who had been her friend in her youth, a brick manufacturer here in the neighborhood. So my father made the loan, but wasn't allowed to pay any interest, which surprised him. And then the house was rebuilt. Do you know who burned the house? Her ladyship, your mother. Do you know who the brick manufacturer was? Your mother's lover. <laughs> Do you know whose money it was? Just a moment. That I don't know. It was my mother's. The Count's. That is to say, unless there was a contract. There was no contract. My mother had some money which she had not wished to have in my father's keeping, and therefore she had entrusted it to her friend's care. Who kept it? Quite right. He held on to it. All this came to my father's knowledge. He couldn't proceed against him, wasn't allowed to pay his wife's friend, and couldn't prove that it was his wife's money. That was my mother's revenge for his taking the reins of the establishment into his own hands. At that time, he was ready to shoot himself. Gossip had it that he had tried and failed. Well, he lived it down, and my mother paid full penalty for her misdeed. Those were five terrible years for me, as you can fancy. I sympathized with my father, but I took my mother's part for I didn't know the true circumstances. Through her, I learned to distrust and hate men, and I swore to her never to be a man's slave. But you became engaged to the lieutenant governor. <laughs> Just to make him my slave. But that he didn't care to be. Oh, he wanted to be. <laughs> Fast enough, but I grew tired of him. Yes, I noticed that. In the stable yard. What do you mean? I saw how he broke the engagement. That's a lie. That's a lie. It was I who broke it. Did he say he broke it? The wretch. I don't believe that he was a wretch. You hate men, Miss Julie. Most of them. Hmm. Sometimes one is weak. You hate me? Excessively. I could see you shot. Hmm. Like a mad dog? Exactly. But there is nothing here to shoot with. What shall we do, then? We must get away from here. Travel. And torture each other to death? <laughs> no. To enjoy a few days, a week, as long as we can. And then to die. Die? 
How silly. I think it's better to start the hotel. By the Lake of Como, where the sun is always shining, where the laurel is green at Christmas and the oranges glow. (laughs) Lake Como is a rain hole. I never saw any oranges there except on fruit stands. But it's a good resort. And there are many villas to rent to loving couples. It's a very paying industry. (laughs) You know why? They take leases for half a year at least. But they usually leave in three weeks. Why after three weeks? (laughs) Why? They quarrel, of course. But the rent must be paid all the same. Then you relet. And so one after another they come and go. For there is plenty of love. Although it doesn't last long. Then you don't want to die with me. I don't want to die at all. Both because I enjoy living, and because I regard suicide as a crime to him who has given us life. Then you believe in God? Yes. Of course I do. And I go to church every other Sunday. But I am tired of all of this, and I am going to bed. (laughs) Do you think I would allow myself to be satisfied with such an ending? Do you know what a man owes to a woman he hits? A coin. Allow me. I don't want to owe anything to anyone. Do you know what the law demands? I know that the law demands nothing of a woman who seduces a man. Do you see any way out of it but to travel, wed, and separate? And if I protest against this (laughs) misalliance? Misalliance? Yes, for me. For you see, I have a finer ancestry than you, for I have no firebug in my family. How do you know? You can't prove the contrary. We have no family record except that which the police keep. But your pedigree I have read in a book on the drawing room table. Do you know who the founder of your family was? It was a miller whose wife found favor with the king during the Danish war. Such ancestry I have not. This is my reward for opening my heart to anyone so unworthy, with whom I have talked about my family honor. Dishonor. Yes, I said it. I told you not to drink because then one talks too freely and one should never talk. Oh, how I repent all this. If at least you loved me. For the last time, what do you mean? Shall I weep? Shall I jump over your riding whip? Shall I kiss you, lure you to Lake Como for three weeks, and then... What do you want, anyway? Uh, This is getting uh, tiresome. uh, But that's the way it always is when you get mixed up in women's affairs. (gasps) Miss Julie, I see that you are unhappy. I know that you suffer, but I can't understand you. Among my kind, there is no nonsense of this sort. We love as we play when work gives us time. We haven't the whole day and night for it like you. You must be good to me and speak to me as though I were a human being. Be one yourself. You spit on me and expect me to stand it. Help me! Help me! Only tell me what to do! Show me a way out of this! Not in heaven's name, if I only knew myself. I have been raving. I have been mad, but... But is there no means of deliverance? Stay here at home and say nothing. No one knows. Impossible. These people know it, and Christine. They don't know it, and could never suspect such a thing. But it might happen again. 
That is true. And the consequences? Consequences? Where were my wits not to have thought of that? There is only one thing to do. Get away from here immediately. I can't go with you or they will suspect. You must go alone. Away from here. Anywhere. Alone? Where? I, I cannot. You must. And before the Count returns. If you stay, we know how it will be. If one has taken a false step, it's likely to happen again as the harm has already been done. And one grows more and more daring until at last all is discovered. Write the Count afterward and confess all. Except that it was I. That he could never guess. And I don't think he'll be so anxious to know who it was anyway. Well, I will go if you'll go with me. Are you raving again? Miss Julie running away with her coachman? Ugh. All the papers would be full of it, and that the Count could never live through. I can't go. I can't stay. Help me. I'm so tired. So weary. Command me. Set me in motion. I can't think anymore. I can't act. See, now, what creatures you aristocrats are? Why do you bristle up and stick up your noses as though you were the lords of creation? Very well. I will command you. Go up and dress yourself and see to it that you have traveling money and then come down. Go immediately. Speak gently to me, Jean. A command always sounds harsh. Feel it yourself now. My heavens, how it looks here. What's been going on? Oh, Miss Julie dragged in the people. Have you been sleeping so soundly that you didn't hear anything? Oh, I slept like a log. And already dressed for church? Oh, yes. Didn't you promise to go to early service with me? Yes, quite so. And there you have my stock in front. All right. Oh, what is the text today? St. John's Day. It is, of course, about the beheading of John the Baptist. I am afraid it will be terribly long drawn out, that. You're, oh, you're choking me. I'm so, I'm so sleepy. So sleepy. What have you been doing up all night? You were actually green in the face. I've been sitting here talking to Miss Julie. Oh, you don't know your place. Listen, Christine. Well? It's queer about her when you think it over. What is queer? The whole thing. H have you been drinking together, too? Yes. For shame. Look me in the eye. Yes. Is it possible? Is it possible? Yes, it is. Oh, that I would never have believed. For shame. For shame. You're not jealous of her? No, not of her. But if it had been Clara or Sophie, then I would have scratched your eyes out. So that is what has happened. Now oh, I can't understand it. No, that wasn't very nice. Are you mad at her? No, but with you. That was bad of you. Very bad. Poor girl. You know what? 
I don't want to be here in this house any longer where one cannot respect one's betters. Why should one respect them? Yes, you can say that. You are so smart. But I don't want to serve people who behave so. It reflects on oneself, I think. Yes, but it's a comfort that they're not a bit better than we. No, I don't think so. For if they are not better, there's no use in our trying to better ourselves in this world. Oh, and to think of the Count. Think of him who has had so much sorrow all his days. No, I don't want to stay in this house any longer. And to think of it being with such as you. If it had been the lieutenant... What's that? Yes, he was good enough, to be sure, but there's a difference between people just the same. No, this I can never forget. Miss Julie, who was always so proud and indifferent to men, one never would believe that she would give herself into one like you. She who was ready to have Diana shot because she would run after the gatekeeper's mongrels. Yes, I say it, and here I won't stay any longer, and on the 24th of October, I go my way. And then? Well, as we've come to talk about it, it's high time you looked around for something else since we're going to get married. What'll I look for? A married man couldn't get a place like this? No, of course not, but you could take a gatekeeper's job or... Look for a watchman's place in some factory. The government's plums are few, but they are sure. And then the wife and children get a pension. And That's all very fine, all that. But it's not exactly in my line to think about dying for my wife and children just now. I must confess that I have slightly different aspirations. <laughs> aspirations? <sighs> aspirations. Anyway, you have obligations. Think of those, you. Don't irritate me with talk about my obligations. I know my own business. We'll, ha we'll have plenty of time for all this some other day. Go and get ready, and we'll be off to church. Who's that walking upstairs? I don't know, unless it's Clara. It could never be the Count who has come home without anyone hearing him. The Count? I, I, I can't believe that. He would have rung the bell. Oh, God help us. Never have I been mixed up in anything like this. I am ready. Hush. Christina's stirring. Does she suspect anything? She knows nothing, but... Good heavens, how you look. Why? You're pale as a ghost. Am I? Oh, the sun is rising. The sun... And now the troll's spell is broken. Uh, the trolls have indeed been at work this night. But, Jean, listen. Come with me. I have money enough. Plenty? Enough to start with. Go with me, for I, I can't go alone. Today, Midsummer Day, think of the stuffy train packed in with crowds of people staring at one. The long stops at the stations when one would be speeding away. No, I, I cannot. I cannot. And then the memories, childhood's memories of Midsummer Day, the church decorated with birch branches and syringa blossoms, the festive dinner table with relations and friends, afternoon in the park, music, dancing, flowers and games. Oh, one may fly, fly, but anguish and remorse follow in the pack wagon. 
I'll go with you. If we leave instantly, before it's too late. <sighs> go and dress then. But no baggage that would betray us. Nothing but what we can take in the coupe. What have you there? What's only my canary? I, I cannot, will not leave it behind. So we are to lug a birdcage with us? Are you crazy? Let go of it. It is all I take from home. The only living creature that cares for me. Don't be hard. Let me take it with me. Let go the cage and don't talk so loud. Christine will hear us. No, no, I will not leave it to strange hands. I would rather see it dead. Give me the creature. I'll fix it. Oh, yeah. Yes, but don't, don't hurt it. Don't, no, 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 I cannot. Let go, I can. Oh, my little siren. Must your mistress part with you? Be so good as to not make a scene. Your welfare, your life is at stake. So quickly give it to me. You should have learned how to chop off a chicken's head instead of shooting it with a revolver. <laughs> then you wouldn't swoon at a drop of blood. Kill me too. Kill me, you who could butcher an innocent bird without a tremble. Oh, how I shrink from you. I, I curse the moment I first saw you. I curse the moment I was conceived in my mother's womb. Come now, what good is your cursing? Let's be off. No, no, I, I cannot. I must see. Hush, the carriage is passing. Don't you think I can stand the sight of blood? You think I am weak? Oh, I should like to see your blood flowing. To see your brain on the chopping block. All your sex swimming in a sea of blood. I believe I could drink out of your skull, bathe my feet in your breast, and eat your heart cooked whole. You think I am weak? You believe that I love you because my life has mingled with yours? You think that I would carry your offspring under my heart and nourish it with my blood, give birth to your child, and take your name <laughs> hear you what are you called what what is your family name but i am sure you have none i should be mrs gatekeeper perhaps or madame dump heap <laughs> dog with my collar on you lackey with my father's hallmark on your buttons i play rival to my cook oh oh Oh, you believe that I am cowardly and want to run away. No. Now I shall stay. The thunder may roll. My father will return and find his desk broken into, his money gone. Then he will ring that bell, a scuffle with his servant, then sends for the police, and then I tell all, everything. Oh, it will be beautiful to have it all over with. If only that were the end. And my father, he'll have a shock and die. And that will be the end. And they will place his swords across him, the coffin. And the Count's line is extinct. The serf's line will continue in an orphanage, win honors in the gutter, and end in prison. Now it is the king's blood talking. Splendid, Miss Julie. Only keep the miller in his sack. Oh, oh, help me. Help me, Christine. Help me against this man. What 
kind of performance is this for a holy day morning? What does this mean, this noise and fuss? Christine, you are a woman and my friend. Beware of this wretch. While the ladies are arguing, I'll go and shave myself. You must understand me. You must listen to me. No, I can't understand all this bosh. Where may you be going in your traveling dress? And he had his hat on, eh? Listen to me, Christine. Listen to me, and, and I'll tell you everything. I don't want to know anything. You must listen to me. What about? Is it that foolishness with Jean? That doesn't concern me at all. That I won't be mixed up with. But if you're trying to lure him to run away with you, then we must put a stop to it. Try to be calm now, Christine. And, and listen to me. I can't stay here. And Jean can't stay here. That being true, we must leave. Christine? Hmm? But, but I have an idea. What if we three should go away to foreign parts, to Switzerland, and set up a hotel together? I have money, you see, and, and Jean and I would back the whole thing, and, and you could run the kitchen. Won't that be fine? Say yes now and, and come with us. There everything would be arranged. Say yes. Mm. Well, you, you have never been out and traveled, Christine. You shall look about you in the world. Oh, you can't believe how pleasant traveling on a train is. New faces continually, new countries, and, and we'll go to Hamburg. And passing through, we'll see the zoological gardens. That you will like. And then we'll go to the theater and hear the opera. And, and when we reach Munich, there will be the museum. Oh, there are Robins and Raphaels and all the big painters that you know. You have heard of Munich, where, where King Ludwig lived. The king, you know, who, who went mad. And, and then we'll see his palace. Oh, a palace like those in the sagas. And from there, it isn't far to Switzerland. And and the Alps, the Alps, mind you, with, with snow in midsummer and, and there oranges grow and laurel green all year round. If if and, and, and there we'll we'll take a hotel and and I'll sit taking the cash while Jean greets the guests, goes out to markets, writes letters. And this will be life, you may believe. Then the, the the train whistles, then the omnibus comes and then a bell rings upstairs and then and then. In the restaurant, and, and then I make out the bills, and, and I consult them. And <laughs> you can't think how people tremble when they receive their bill. And, and you, you can sit like a lady. Of course, you won't have to stand over the stove. You can dress finely and neatly, and you can show yourself to the people. And, and you, with your appearance, I'm not flattering. You can catch a husband some fine day. A, a rich Englishman, perhaps. They are so easy to... To catch, and then we'll be rich, and then we'll build a villa by Lake Como. To be sure, it rains sometimes, but the sun must shine too sometimes, although it seems dark. And if not, we can at least travel homeward and come back here or some other place. Listen now. Does Miss Julie believe in all this? Do I believe in it? Yes. 
I don't know. I don't believe in anything anymore. In nothing. Nothing. So, you intended to run away. Run away? That's putting it rather strong. You heard Miss Julie's project. I think it might be carried out. (laughs) Now listen to that. Was it meant that I should be her cook and- Be good as to use proper language when you speak of your mistress. (gasps) Mistress? Yes. No. Here, listen to him. Yes, you listen. You need to and talk less. Miss Julie is your mistress. And for the same reason that you do not respect her now, you should not respect yourself. I have always had so much respect for myself. That you never had any left for others. I have never lowered my position. Let anyone say, if they can, that the Count's cook has had anything to do with the riding master or the swineherd. Let them come and say it. Yes, you happen to get a fine fellow. That was your good luck. Yes, a fine fellow who sells the Count's oats from his stable. Is it for you to say anything? You who get a commission of all the groceries and a bribe from the butcher? What's that? And you can't have respect for your master and mistress any longer. You. You. Are you coming to church with me? You need a good sermon for your actions. No, I'm not going to church today. You can go alone and confess your doings. Mm, Yes, that I shall do. And I shall return with so much forgiveness that there will be enough for you to. The Savior suffered and died on the cross for all our sins. And when we go to him in faith and a repentant spirit, he takes our sins on himself. Do you believe that, Christine? That is my life's belief, as true as I stand here. And that was my childhood's belief that I have kept since my youth, Miss Julie. And where sin overflows, their mercy overflows also. Oh, if I only had your faith. Oh, Yes, but... You see, that is not given without God's particular grace, and that is not allotted to all that. Who are the chosen? That is the great secret of the kingdom of grace, and the Lord has no respect for persons, but there the last shall be first. But then he has respect for the last, the lowliest person. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's the way it is, Miss Julie. However, now I am going alone. And on my way, I shall stop in and tell the stable boy not to let any horses go out in case anyone wants to get away before the Count comes home. Goodbye. Such a devil. And all this on account of your confounded canary! Oh, don't speak of the canary. Do you see any way out? Any end to this? No. What would you do in my place? In your place? Wait. As a noble lady, as a woman, fallen. I don't know. Yes. Now I know. This razor? Yes. But I should not do it, mark you. For there is a difference between us. Because you are a man and I am a woman. What other difference is there? That very difference of man and woman. 
I want to do it. But I can't. My father couldn't either that time when he should have done it. No, he was right. Not to do it. He had to avenge himself first. And now my mother revenges herself again through me. And haven't you loved your father, Miss Julie? Yes, deeply. But I've probably hated him, too. I must have, without being aware of it. And it is due to my father's training that I have learned to scorn my own sex. Between them both, they have made me half man, half woman. Whose is the fault for what has happened? My father's? My mother's? My own? I, I haven't anything of my own. I haven't a thought which was not my father's, not a passion that wasn't my mother's. And last of all, from my betrothed, the idea that all people are equal. <laughs> for that now I call him a wretch. How can it be my own fault then? Throw the burden on Jesus as Christine did? No, I, I am too proud, too intelligent, thanks to my father's teaching. Ugh, and that a rich man cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That is a lie. And Christine, who has money in the savings bank, she surely cannot enter there. Whose is the fault? What does it concern us whose fault it is? It is I who must bear the burden and the consequences. Yes, but... The Count has returned... I think if Christine has... Now he has seen the desk. It is John, Excellency. Yes, Excellency. Yes, Excellency, right away. Immediately, Excellency. Yes, in, in half an hour. What did he say? In heaven's name, what did he say? He wants his boots and coffee in a half hour. In a half hour, then. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm incapable of feeling, not able to be sorry, not able to go, not able to stay, not able to live, not able to die. Help me now. Command me. I will obey like a dog. Do me this last service. Save my honor. Save his name. You know what I have the will to do, but cannot do. You will it and command me to execute your will. I don't know why, but now I can't either. I don't understand myself. It is absolutely as though this coat does it, but I can't command you now. And since the Count spoke to me, I can't account for it, but... Oh, it is that damned servant in my back. I, I believe that the Count came in here now and told me to cut my throat. I would do it on the spot. Make believe you are he, and I you. You could act so well a little while ago when you knelt at my feet. Then you were a nobleman. Or, or haven't you ever been at the theater and seen the hypnotist? He says to his subject, take the broom, and he takes it. He says, sweep, and he sweeps. Then the subject must be asleep. I sleep already. The whole room is like smoke before me, and you are like a tall black stove, like, like a man clad in black clothes with a high hat, and your eyes gleam like the hot coals when the fire is dying, and your face a white spot like fallen ashes. Oh, 
It is so warm and good, so bright and quiet. There is the broom. Go now while it's bright. Out to the hayloft and... Thanks. And now I go to rest. But tell me this. The foremost may receive the gift of grace. Say it, even if you don't believe it. The foremost. No, I can't say that. But wait, Miss Julie. You are no longer among the foremost, since you are of the lowliest. That's true. I am the lowliest. The lowliest of the lowly. Oh, now I can't go. Tell me once more that I must go. No, now I cannot either. I cannot. And the first shall be the last. Don't think. You take my strength from me, too, so that I become cowardly. What? I thought I heard the bell. No. To be afraid of the sound of a bell? But it's not the bell. It's someone behind the bell. The hand that sets the bell in motion. And something else that sets the hand in motion. But stop your ears. Stop your ears! Then he will only ring louder and keep on ringing until it's answered. And then it is too late! Then come the police and then... It is horrible. But there is no other way! Go! Thank you for listening to Standby for Places. New episodes come out every Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe. For more information and to learn how you can donate, visit our website at standbyforplaces.org.